As the ushers are actually giving in the offering today, uh, as soon as you give in the offering, uh, we actually, uh, and it, it'll, pretty, it'll be amazing, my staff said, Pastor Steve, if you do this, uh, we know that God does miracles, but I'm going to try to keep it short today, and, um, and I'm going to actually try to get you out of here early today, uh, because our goal, we have one big idea today, and that's hope, one big idea, and that's to go get as many people as we can bring them into the kingdom amen and um, so we've got just one one big idea and the altar call today is uh, is going to be you going out and getting folks and bring them back tonight so I want you to turn in your Bibles to Mark chapter 2 verse 1 Mark chapter 2 verse 1 and um, and I want to read a, a, a tremendous passage here uh, this story is my, one of my favorite stories in the Bible. How many of you have like a favorite story in the Bible? Anybody have a favorite story in the Bible? You know, David and Goliath, you know, all these great stories. Jonah in the well, that, that one's a hard one, you know, it's a hard one to understand, but God can do anything, amen? Um, but but we, everybody's got a favorite story in the Bible. This is one of my all-time favorite stories in the Bible. In fact, I think I've preached on it several times before, but, but I saw some really different things here, and I wanted to bring it out to you. And uh, so Mark chapter 2, verse 1, a few days later, when Jesus again entered Capernaum, the people heard that he had come home. So many gathered there, and there was no room left, not even outside the door. I mean, this place was jam-packed, like this morning. Look at all the people that are here. We put out extra chairs this morning, by the way. Uh, and look how, how crowded it is in the first service today. Um, but, but the Bible says that, that it was so jam-packed that they couldn't even get near the door. I, I remember one time when I went to Argentina, and they were having a revival in this church, and I got there early, and all the people got there early as well. It was awesome. I couldn't believe that people actually get to church on time or early, you know? And, um, and, and it was so jam-packed that people were actually looking in the window just to get a peek of what was going on in the church. That was so cool, you know? And I thought, I thought of the same similar situation when Jesus was ministering. The Bible says that the house got so crowded that they couldn't get into the house. Nobody else could get And they were outside. There was probably lines of people wanting to get in because they were desperate people. And the Bible says, and he preached the word to them, and some men came bringing to him a paralytic carried by four of them. Since they could not get to him, Jesus, uh, to Jesus because of the crowd, they made an opening in the roof above Jesus, and after digging through it, they lowered the mat, the, they lowered the, mat the paralyzed man was lying on, and when Jesus saw their fate, he said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven you. Now, now, this story is one of my favorite stories because it's a story of faith, and faith is persistent. Faith doesn't take no for an answer. I love this story because there's a, this is a group of people that become creative in, in getting to Jesus. They, 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 they're not going to be denied. They, they've got to get to Jesus. No matter what they do, they're going to make a way to get their friend to Jesus. Faith never gives up. It always finds a way to do a miracle or receive a miracle. Faith is, is something that never, ever is denied. It keeps on pressing in. It's a story about desperate people. 
And it's a story about desperation being met by opportunity. Desperation being met by opportunity. You know, the truth is, when you get really desperate for something, you open up new opportunities in your life. Come on, somebody say amen. You know, they said that desperation or need is the mother of all inventions. All of a sudden, you become creative. When you're desperate, when you're hungry, when you're really hungry, you become creative with whatever you have in the refrigerator. Did you notice that? When you're desperate, you become creative. When you're desperate, you think of new ways. You know, that's why it's really important sometimes for God to press you against the wall. Sometimes God puts you in a ditch and says, you got to figure out how you're going to get outside that ditch. you got to figure out a way in which you can believe me and believe that I put creativity in you so that desperation becomes a way for a new opportunity in your life. Maybe you're desperate today. Maybe you are at the end of your rope. Maybe you are desperate for a miracle. I want you to know that God is going to give you a creative way so that he can open up a new opportunity in your life so that God can do something that you've never seen him do before. Come on, that's good preaching right there. God. It's a story of forgiveness that meets physical healing. Jesus says to this man, you know, he didn't say be healed. He said, your sins are forgiven you. Because he understood the connection between receiving mercy from God and a miracle in our life. It's forgiveness meeting up with physical healing. But more than all of these things, listen to me, more than all of these incredible things, more than the opportunity God gives, and more than faith, I believe this story is really a story of hope. I believe this is a story of a man who was hopeless. He had no hope, L-E-S-S. -S. He didn't have hope. He was hopeless. And it doesn't say how long this man was crippled. He might have been crippled for uh, two years or three years or 38 years. All I know is this man was crippled and he couldn't get to Jesus. He was stuck in the house. He was stuck in the house of desperation. He was stuck in the house of depression and, and anxiety and fear over his future. He doesn't know how he's going to get to Jesus. He's confined by his hopelessness. And I want you to know today, there's a world out there that that's confined by their hopelessness. They're confined by their fear. They're afraid about tomorrow. They don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. They read the papers and fear grips their heart. Why? Because they know this world is going crazy and they know this world doesn't have the answer and they're looking for answers and they can't find it because they're confused. But we have hope. Somebody say amen. This is a story of hope. You see, the paralytic man was confined by his limitation. He was confined by his crippleness. He was confined by his hopelessness. But I love this story because I see in this story some principles about these four men that did something for this man who was hopeless. You see, the first thing I see that, 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 that was so powerful in this story is that these men became, listen to me, carriers of hope. They became carriers of hope. They delivered hope to this man. You see, when these four men carried this crippled man to Jesus, they became carriers of hope. You see, the truth is there are people all around us that are crippled. They're crippled. They're not just hopeless, but they're crippled. They're crippled spiritually. They're crippled spiritually, and they don't know what they believe anymore. 
We live in a world filled with people who have no idea what they believe anymore. You ask them if they're Christian, they don't know. You ask them if they believe in God, they don't know. You ask them if they know any stories in the Bible, they don't know. You ask them how does a man know that if he dies today, he's going to heaven. They have no clue. Why? Because they're spiritually crippled. They don't know. They don't have a heritage. They don't have a foundation. You know what? Let me tell you something, young people. You are blessed. And I want to tell you something. You may have to come to church every Sunday morning because your, your parent makes you come to church. And you may resent the fact that your mother says, I don't care. You're coming to church today. But let me tell you something. They are building a foundation in your life. They are building a foundation. They're giving you some roots because there's going to come a day when you're going to look for God. There's going to come a day when you're going to say, I need to know the stories in the Bible. And you're going to thank your mother and your father who forced you to come to church because you're going to need that one day. And they're making sure that you're not going to be spiritually crippled in your life. Thank God for parents. I came to the end of myself and I needed a savior and I thank God for my mother who made me go to church, who loved me enough to say, these are the stories in the Bible. Remember those stories because one day you're going to need it. Remember the story of David and Goliath because one day you're going to face some giants in your life and you're going to know that God is greater than the giants in your life. Come on, somebody say amen. Glory to God. They're bankrupt spiritually. In fact, even if they want to believe, they don't even know how to start. They don't know where to go. They don't know how to, they don't know how to even get to Jesus. They don't know the principles. They haven't gotten the gospel. They haven't heard it. And so as a result, they're bankrupt. They don't know how to connect with God. They don't know how to read their Bible. Even if they have a Bible, they don't know even know where to turn in the Bible. They don't know how to determine what is truth and what is heresy. They don't know what truth is. They, they might have even grown up a Catholic or a Protestant or whatever, and they say they're Christians, but they don't, they don't even know what is truth. That's why we have all these different people running around all over the place so confused about what is truth because nobody is teaching them truth. They don't know how to believe. They are crippled emotionally. You see, when you're crippled spiritually, it leads to emotional crippleness. They don't know how to experience true happiness. They're trying. They're trying. Your neighbors are trying. They're trying to be happy. Do you get it? Do you understand your neighbors? They really want to be happy. They want to have peace in their life. They want to experience joy in their life. But they're crippled emotionally. They don't know how to do it, so they go to a bottle. They don't know how to do it, so they go to the medicine closet. They don't know how to be emotionally whole. Why? Because when you're crippled spiritually, it leads to emotional crippledness in your life. Emotionally whole people are people who know how to go to Jesus. They know how to get to Jesus so that Jesus can fill them with peace. As Jesus said, peace I give you, not as the world gives it, but as I give it. And this leads to being crippled relationally. They're crippled spiritually, emotionally. That always leads to crippled, being crippled relationally. They, they, don't know. they don't know how to get along with their families. They don't know how to get along in marriage. They don't know the principles. They don't have the foundations. 
They don't have the foundational principles in their life that we have, that we understand that, that we've got to forgive, that we can't let the sun go down on our wrath lest we give the enemy a foothold in, in, in our lives. And their enemy is, is, is reaping havoc in their families. Why? Because they are emotionally, spiritually, and relationally, they are crippled. But listen to me. God has an answer for those who are crippled. God has an answer for those who are crippled emotionally. God has an answer for those who are crippled spiritually. God has an answer for those that are crippled relationally. Jesus comes to a woman at the well and he says, you are a mess, but I have living water. Come on, somebody. There's a well, glory to God. There's living water for people so that they can get well. They can drink this water, the water that comes from the well of God's throne room in heaven. It's Jesus himself and the spirit of God that wants to come into their life to give them an answer because they're crippled. But God always has an answer. And his answer, listen to me, listen to me, listen to me. His answer comes in the form of carriers of hope. That's his answer. You see, we are the answer to our neighbor's problems. You are. You are the answer to your neighbor's problem. We always want to say God's the answer. Oh, he's the answer, but somebody's got to carry God to our neighbor. And sometimes... We've got to carry our neighbors to God. We've got to be carriers of hope. We have to have hope deep down in our own hearts. Christians who become carriers of hope for others, people who bring hope to other people, people who bring others to hope as well. Listen to me. This man couldn't get to Jesus on his own, but the four men who took him and brought him to Jesus were carriers of hope. That was their job. They understood that they had a job to do, a function to accomplish, a mission to accomplish, and that was that they would be carriers of hope, and that's our job. We are carriers of hope. Turn to your neighbor right now and say, you're looking pretty good today, but you need to understand you're a carrier of hope. We go to them we bring them hope. And when they can't come to Jesus, we bring them to Jesus. We carry hope with us in our neighborhoods. We carry hope with us every day we go to work. We, we are carriers of hope when we go to school. You might be a young person in college today. You have no clue what's happening with your friends. They put on a smile, but they're a mess. They're crippled. They're crippled. And they're looking for hope. Don't you think for one moment that they don't want to hear you, that they're not interested. You see, we might have been rejected from time to time, but we have to understand that we have been injected with hope. When Jesus came into our lives, he infected us with hope. That's what he did. He, he injected and infected us with hope. And the truth is, every one of us in this room, we go through our own problems. How many of you have a problem today? Let me see your neighbor. Don't look at your husband right now. We, we, we go through our own trials in our life. You know, we, we, we fail God. We're not perfect. And we fail God. 
And we sin and we make some big mistakes in our own life. And we get ourselves in a, a big mess at times. But, but we have hope that reaches down into the recesses of our soul. We have hope that travels with us in the darkest valleys of our life. We even have hope when, it, when we have to see that God is bringing us through the most darkest, difficult times in our, in our life. We have hope even in the darkest, darkest valleys as God accompanies us, even through the shadow of the valley of death. We, we never lose hope. We never lose hope. Oh, we go through hard times, and we might have to have a cry. How many of you have had a good cry lately? And we might even feel sorry for ourselves for a season, but then we pick ourselves up and say, but we are people of hope, glory to God. That no matter what happens in our life, we still have hope. Hallelujah. As Paul the Apostle said, no matter what I go through in my life, even if I should face death itself, I have hope. He said, we're not like people who have no hope, even in the face of death itself, he says, but we have great hope. Why? Because we look to Jesus, and the Bible says that he is coming back, and to us, that is our blessed what? Hope. It's our blessed hope. We are carriers of hope because we've been injected with hope. Hope runs deep in our life. Hope lives within us. That's why David said in Psalms 25, no one whose hope is in you will ever, ever be put to shame. I love that. You know, here's David going through all these problems in his life. He said, but in the end, I will not be put to shame. He says, no matter what I have to go through in my life, I will not be put to shame. He said, but if I put my hope in you, You'll show me your ways. You'll teach me your path. You'll guide me in truth, and you'll teach me your ways in every way of my life, for you are my God and my Savior, and my hope is in you all day long. There it is, all day long. He said, no matter what I go through in my life, hope follows me. No matter what happens in my life, even when I go through the valley of the shadow of death, hope accompanies me. Hallelujah. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He guides me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Though I should walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil because hope accompanies me. Glory to God. Hope is there. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of hope forever glory to god in fact the writer of hebrews tells us we have a hope that becomes to us an anchor for our soul firm and secure and because our hope is firm and secure we become hope carriers for other people when people cannot come to hope we bring hope to them when it's possible to carry people to hope we bring them to hope because we have hope I was kind of thinking and contemplating about carriers of hope, and um, if you could go ahead and put the next slide on. And I was thinking about soldiers. And this world is filled, this, this world, wherever you go, is filled with soldiers that have carried their buddy. They have carried somebody else, a comrade, to safety. And it's amazing how these people can live their lives just with that one memory that there was somebody that was going to die. There was no hope whatsoever for that person unless that person was carried to a place of hope. And so I want to tell you one story about Colonel uh, Sergeant Paul Baines. He's 35 years old, and he's of the 1st Battalion, the Colt Stream Guards. And, uh, and 
what had happened was is that there, were, uh, there was a detonation that went off, a roadside detonation that went off, and he was uh, a part of a 20-man unit. And uh, as the Taliban bombers shot at the squad, the bomb went off, and, and they were just a, 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 just a sitting target. And uh, a couple of his buddies, they got really wounded in, to the point where they could not uh, save themselves. And so uh, he himself, this, this one incredibly brave warrior, had gotten hit with sharpness himself. And the wounds were to his back, his leg, and his head. But he continued. While he was wounded and bleeded, he, bleeding, he continued to wrap his friends up with tourniques. And he carried his friends to safety. What an amazing thing. That, that's not him. <laughs> but, but, but it's an amazing thing to think about how people are willing to jump in there and be carriers of hope. People that had no hope, but here's a soldier, a, a warrior, a brave soldier who recognizes my friend's not going to make it. He is not going to make it unless I carry him to safety. People who have hope are carriers of hope themselves. And so tonight I want to encourage you to carry somebody to hope day. I want to encourage you to get out there, get your t-shirt, and call somebody up and say, hey, man, we're having a hope day in the park. Somebody that may be smiling on the outside, but on the inside they need hope. And bring them the hope day so that they can hear about the hope of Jesus. One of the greatest things about our hope days is that, yeah, we give away free food and shoes and all of that, but then I preach the gospel because I'm not going to let them get away. And so it's free to get in. To get out, you've got to hear the good news. Glory to God. <laughs> and so tonight, we're actually going to have a drama. It's, it talks about breaking chains of hopelessness in people's lives. And we're just going to let the drama speak for itself, and I'm going to give an altar call. And I am believing tonight that dozens and dozens of people will come and give their lives to Jesus tonight. Amen. But see, listen, I can't do it on my own. I invited my own neighbors to come. But I can't do it on my own. You have to be carriers of hope. You have to find somebody and carry them to Hope Day with you. You've got to make a phone call. If, you need, if need be, you need to pick them up. Say, I'll, I'll pick you up at 5 o'clock. We, we need to be there as soon as we can. And you carry somebody. You carry somebody that, that's an alcoholic, drug addict, or a businessman who's got it all together who's smiling on the outside. You carry your sons and daughters. You carry your friends. You carry those neighbors that you know that need hope in their life, and you bring them the hope day today and be a carrier of hope. Number two, I, I believe that these, these men were not only carriers of hope, but they were champions of hope. They were champions of hope. You know, when they got to the front door, they were turned back. They were denied. Can you imagine? Can you imagine for a moment... The discouragement, we don't know how far this guy lived. Maybe he lived in the next town. Maybe he lived two towns over. Doesn't say. Maybe these four men 
they knew that Jesus was going to that specific town and they had to make arrangements for weeks to figure out, okay, how are we going to do this now? How are we going to get our friend over to, to Jesus? You know, what are the plans? How, how are we going to figure this out? You know, we've got to walk up some big mountains and go down some low valleys and, and, and we've got to do all these things to get this guy over there. And you know, he's, he's pretty heavy. You know why? He can't walk and, you know, he likes pasta fazul and he's been eating too much pasta fazul lately. He's pretty heavy and how are we going to get him? I don't know. I don't know the details. It doesn't tell us the details, but that's the beauty of the Bible that you can kind of fit some details in there to figure out, you know what? The truth is these were human beings. These are not stories. These are not fables that are made up. These are stories of real people with real issues that have to have a real strategy to get people to Jesus. And that's what we do at Bethlehem Assembly of God. We strategize about how are we going to do this thing. We're going to have a block party. We're going to get out there. We're going to serve our community. We're going to do all of these things. And for months, we've been strategizing, thinking about, okay, we need some bands. We need some food. We need some hot dogs. We need all of these things. We need a lot of workers. And months, months. And these guys probably strategized, and now, now, they, now they, they're doing the hard work. They're walking up the mountains. They're going in the valleys. And now they get to the house. And when they get there, Peter Shanghai, the bodyguard, says, sorry, we can't let you in. There's no room in the house. There's no way you're going to get in. Now, you see, a, a champion of hope never gives up. If you're a carrier of hope, and then you are a champion of hope, then even when your neighbor says no, you just know, okay, now I have to have another strategy. I got to figure out another way in which I'm going to help this person get to Jesus. Maybe I have to pray a little bit more. Maybe I have to fast a little bit more. Maybe I've got to think, okay, this is my, maybe this is not the thing, but maybe this will help. Whatever it is, champions of hope never give up. They, they never stop loving people who need Jesus. They never stop praying for their children, their husband, their wife. They don't give up. Champions of hope never give up. They, they don't know what no is. They just think, okay, you know what? This is a problem. Now let's figure out what we're going to do about it. What did these good old boys do about it? Well, they took the guy on their back now. Now it became even harder because now they got to climb up the roof and they got to cut a hole in the roof. I mean, this is incredible. They're strategizing. They're not giving up. They were denied, so now they got to come up with a plan. Now they take their friend and they carry him up to the roof and they start cutting the roof out and Jesus is looking up. And I, I got to tell you, I, I love this story because I can guarantee you that Jesus looks up and starts laughing like, <laughs> this is great. I've never seen this before. I've seen people do a whole lot of things to get to me, but cutting the roof open and lowering the guy down right in front of me, wow, that's creative. I think he probably said, Father, I've never seen this one. This one's a good one. Get all the angels together. Check this one out. I, I think he's laughing through the whole thing. He said, this is really cool. This is creative. And friends, I want you to know that there are people in your life that, 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 that need Jesus. They can't come to Jesus on their own. And you're the only carrier of hope that there is in their life. And you cannot give up on those people. You can't quit. You got to ask God, okay, God, what's the next step? What's the next strategy, God? 
What am I going to do next, God? Because I'm not going to give up on this person. You see, we just, we just give up on people way too quickly in life. If my aunt would have given up on my cousin, he wouldn't be in heaven today. If my mother would have given up on me, I wouldn't be your pastor this morning. We can't give up. We can't give up on people that God has placed in our life. But these guys, they just wouldn't give up. Champions never give up. That's why they're champions. That's why, no matter what, they were going to do it. And they were so close. Can you imagine? They were, listen to me, they were so close to Jesus, yet so far. And, and, and you might be wanting to give up on your husband, but maybe he's, maybe he's a lot closer to God than you think he is. You may want to give up on your daughter or your son. You may want to give up on a relationship. You may want to give up on your marriage, but maybe your marriage is a lot closer to what God wants it to be than you can even see and realize in your own life. Glory to God. They were so close. And you might be closer than you think. And thirdly, they were a community of hope. Hey, guess who carried this guy to Jesus? His small group. Hello? Guess who carried this dude to Jesus? His radical small group. The four guys. They were five guys. I'm telling you, they were five guys who hung out at Starbucks every day. And they hung out together. They were buddies. They were his small group, his community. And they were willing to carry him to Jesus. And friend, I want you to know that if we're truly going to make a difference in this community, then we need to be a real community of hope. That, that I love events. Listen to me. I'm an event kind of guy. I love these big events. I mean, really big events. But Tuesday morning, when I come back to work, I'm going to start strategizing how we can get those people who gave their lives to the Lord into this community. Because it, it, it's not fair. It's not right. It's not godly to give birth to people, then leave them out there in the cold. We bring them into the community of faith. Glory to God. We bring them into the community of faith. And when I get them here, when they come next Sunday morning, you guys better be the most loving people they've ever seen in, in their lives. I mean, if I catch you not smiling, I'm going to give it to you. If I catch you not loving people, I'm going to give it to you. Because they ought to walk into this place. People ought to walk into this place and see that this is a community of hope. They ought to walk into Sunday morning services and see people with their hands raised to heaven, even though they don't know the words of the song. Who cares? You've got your eyes closed worshiping God because they need to see that we are a community of faith. We're a community of hope. We're a community of love. Jesus said, this is how they will know that you really have hope in your life, that you have love one for another. Glory to God. Hallelujah. We are a community of hope. We're a community of love. We love one another. And when people come into our community, there's always an empty seat. There's always room for somebody else. There's always room for somebody to be carried to Jesus. We are a community that the world can look at and say, wow, that's what it's all about. I mean, I, the reason why the, the early disciples were so powerful, the reason why their community 
was so effective in Jerusalem. You know, that just in a couple of years, there were hundreds of thousands of believers in Jerusalem, just in a couple of years. And it said that the power of God was so strong upon the disciples that the Lord added to their number, listen to me, every day. I, I am believing with all my heart that God's going to add somebody to our number tonight, glory to God. I'm telling you, God is going to add somebody to our number tonight. Just like the Castro family who came to, how, to, to the Convoy of Hope a couple of months ago. And today they're here in our church, fellowshipping in our family, with our family. That's amazing. And I'm believing today God's going to add another person to our family. I don't know how many. I'm believing lots. That's not my job. My job is to be a carrier of hope. My job is to give the gospel. God's job is to get them saved, glory to God. The reason why the early disciples were so powerful was because they were carriers of hope and they were a community of hope. Notice, the Bible says that if there was anyone who had a need of anything, they would bring their resources together and give to families that were in need in their own community. That's what the Bible says in Acts chapter 2. It says the Holy Spirit came down. People got saved. 3,000 people added to their church that day. And the Bible says because 3,000 poor people or whatever it might have been were added to the church that they needed to step up and say we're a community of hope. We're a community that loves one another. And so the Bible says that there were many people in that community in Jerusalem that were poor people that they couldn't make it on their own but the church embraced them and then shared their resources with these poor people it says they brought their goods to the apostles and disciples and the disciples distributed out to everyone who had a need in their community of hope that's so incredibly powerful and so as the worship team comes this morning I want to ask you a question do you really believe that you are a carrier of hope? Because if you really believe you're a carrier of hope, you're going to find people that you can bring tonight to this incredible outreach. And the first thing you're going to do when you leave this place is get yourself a t-shirt and you're going to give $4 to the poor. Community of hope right there. Say, so we could talk about it, we could preach about it all we want. But unless our actions, faith without works, is dead, you can, you can say amen all you want. You can say that was a great sermon, Pastor Steve, but you know what? You have to take part in this great hope community, this great day of hope, by finding somebody and bringing them with, with you to our day of hope. Be a carrier community of hope. So as we close today, I'm going to ask you two questions. The first question is, is do you need hope in your own personal life? Maybe today you've run out of hope. Even though we are people of faith and hope, this is the community, this is the place in which perhaps maybe you need encouragement today because hope runs deep in this community. And the Bible says that when one is weak, the others that are strong come around and bring hope. So with your head bowed, your eyes closed today, you say, Pastor Steve, I, I've run out of some hope here. And I can use some of my own hope in my life. I want to be a carrier of hope. I, I want to be a carrier of hope, but I feel like I've run dry of hope myself. Would you pray for me today? I want you to raise your hands right now. I want to pray for you today that God would give you hope in your life.
Raise your hands. I want to pray for you right now. Yeah. Yeah. Father, I, I pray for these that have their hands raised to heaven today. God, whatever's going on in their own personal life, I, I don't know if they're believers or not believers, but I do know this one thing, that the cross of Jesus Christ brings hope in our life, God. Lord, and I thank you today, God, that they're here for a reason, a purpose, Lord, that you've sent these people here, Lord God, because you want them to know, Lord God, that no matter what goes on in their life, no matter what valley they have to walk through, no matter what fire they have to go through, no matter what situation that they're facing today, Father God, that there's always hope because when God is with them, Lord, the God of hope carries them. So, Lord, I pray that you carry them today. Carry them, Lord. Lord, let them know that today's a new day, a new opportunity because because your mercies are new every day, God. Today is a new day, Lord. And I pray, oh God, that you would strengthen them. Now, with every head that bowed, every eye closed, you say, Pastor Steve, I'm, I, I'm not sure that if I died today, I'd go to heaven. I, I don't know if I really have a relationship with God. And I need Jesus Christ to come into my life and bring me hope. I need to receive his hope in my life. I need to ask him to forgive me of my sins. I want you... You say, Pastor, I'm not sure if I die today, I'd go to heaven. I want you to raise your hand right now. I want to pray for you. Anybody here? I want to pray for you right now. God bless you. Bless you. Anybody else? Yes, 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 yes. And I, I want to ask Christ to forgive me of my sins. Just raise your hands today. Anybody else? Well, in a moment, when we ask everyone to be dismissed, if you raised your hand, I want to meet you. If you raised your hand, I want to meet you. And I just want to pray for you today. I'm going to be standing right here. So if you raised your hand when everyone else is walking out the door, please, for a moment, I want to shake your hand. And I want to pray for you because God loves you and I love you. And this is the reason why I live, to lead people to Christ, to carry people to Christ. And how could we be a church unless we offered you Christ today? And so right after the service, please, just come right here. Just come right here. And I, I want to pray for you. There's not a lot of room this this morning because we added chairs but but there's enough room for you there's always room at the cross you see they weren't only carriers of of hope and they weren't only champions in a community of hope but listen to me they were also christ centered in their hope christ centered in their hope what good is it if we we give people hot dogs what good is it if we give people shoes and clothes that's nice that's great we do that but what good is it if they eat one hot dog they wear one pair of shoes and they eat food for a little while and they die and their soul is lost to eternity. And that's why everything goes back to Jesus. It goes back to eternal life. And God said, for, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Your way of having divine eternal hope is through the Lord Jesus Christ. And all you need to do, when I say all you need to do, it's not, it's not just this simple formula where boom, boom, boom. But... But, but it is, all you need to do is come to Jesus. Repent of your sins. Ask him to forgive you. And come into your life. And he will. Because it's a Christ-centered hope. But now I'm, I'm going to talk to another group of people. And we will not have an altar call today for this group of people. Because we don't have time. We need to go out and get people. But I just want to pray for you. 
is there somebody in your life is there somebody in your life is there a son a daughter a grandson someone who who you think you know what this kid is beyond help is there a husband is there a wife is there a neighbor is there somebody that God has put in your life that you have given up hope that they will ever change in their life if there's a person like that today in your life I want to pray for you that you will never give up hope that you will never stop praying that you will never stop believing that you will never stop strategizing that you will never stop saying, God, I know that this didn't work, but something else is going to work. God, you give me courage, God, to keep on fasting and praying and believing God for the person that you put in my life. God, I will not stop. I will not stop until they come into the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. If there's somebody in your life that's like that, I want you to raise your hands right now. All over this place, raise your hands. Father, in the name of Jesus. I pray all over this church today, God, for people that have their hands raised, Lord, for sons and daughters, husbands and wives, co-workers, people that you've put in our lives, Lord. I pray that you would give us courage, Lord, and faith to believe that you're able to do exceedingly above and beyond what we could imagine and think about, God. And God, so we pray for our grandchildren, our sons, our daughters, all those that are in our life God that we will never stop Lord believing you that one day God they will come for he who gives life in the name of Jesus I pray and everyone say can you give the Lord a clap offering today say yes Lord. thank you God. hallelujah 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 come on give the Lord a clap offering say thank you Jesus Hallelujah! Glory to God! Hallelujah! I want you to stand to your feet right now, would you please? And, and, and I want you to do what we do so often in this church. If you raised your hand to receive Christ as your Savior, I want to give you something and pray for you, so please don't leave but all the rest of you I want you to do something that we so often do in our church I want you to turn around face that wall right there face that wall right there all right today is not a day that we come forward to the altar your mission field is out there today ladies and gentlemen the mission field is wherever you are this afternoon there is somebody in your life that you will invite to come to the, house, the hope, the day of hope or hope in the park. There is somebody that you will pray for today and you will carry them to the park and Jesus will carry some of them into the eternal place of hope today because you were a carrier of hope. So go today in the power of the Spirit. Go today with the anointing of the Holy Spirit, the wisdom of God, and go find somebody that you can bring to Jesus tonight. God bless you. Have a wonderful day in Jesus. Incredible things, yeah.